the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome, everybody, to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The first place Boston Celtics are 7-3 sure. and three at the moment. We thought we'd have a few more games under our belt before doing our next show, but the NBA simply will not let us play. Today, we'll talk about how the team is doing before COVID hit the fan, and we'll talk about the league's COVID status in general. And before we go, we'll take a look at the other teams in the Eastern Conference. But first things first, as always, we have our best and worst takeaways from the last week. One minute apiece. James, you want to go You want to go first? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the obvious worst thing to happen is this whole entire COVID fiasco. I'm a little worried. I'm not going to lie, Dylan. Like, the league is not in a great place right now with this. It's just kind of tough. Like, games are a lot more frequent than the NFL. Everything's indoors. You got people like Kyrie just going out and partying, and we just don't know, like, how this whole thing's to be handled. And, you know, I don't want to make this a COVID podcast. We're not talking about COVID for, for 30 minutes, but... Yeah, it's not great. I think everyone knows how not great it is. And let's just pray that, you know, this becomes a resolved issue in the next few weeks. I'm, I'm, you know, Adam Silver, I trust you. You'll figure this out. Our hopes are in you. Um, the, moving away from that, which is a hard thing to kind of push to the side, but we had this little nice four-game winning streak going on before COVID hit. We looked like we're firing on all cylinders. Is the team that we were hoping for this year. Like you said, we are now first in the East. And... I think this is something that we could keep up with. And I truthfully, you know, I stand behind that wholeheartedly. So let's see. Let's see how it goes. Let's see when we get back all our players from this whole thing. Hopefully gets a little more normalized um, how we stack up. But Dylan, how about you? My best things of the last week, first of all, is Tatum finally ascending into what seemed like MVP form right before he got COVID. Like he, we have to rely a lot on him and Brown's jump shots. And Brown's jump shot has been wet all year, shooting like, 50% plus from mid-range. But Tatum was struggling a little bit out of the gate. But the game against the Heat and the game against the Wizards, every time the ball left his hand, it was going to go in. Like that was that was really encouraging to see, even though now he has to sit inside for 14 days. Other than that, Taco Fall played his best game of his career yeah, yeah. the other day, which is always something to celebrate whenever he gets on the floor. So I want to talk about Taco a little bit later. And the worst thing for me, aside from COVID, is the fact that in the Heat game and the Wizards game, we were supporting double-digit leads in the fourth quarter, and we blew the heat, the lead to the Heat, and the, heat against, the lead against the Wizards dwindled quite a bit toward the midway through that quarter. And it just reminds me of last year in the playoffs when we're just running the clock out for a whole quarter and blowing leads, and... It was, it was giving me some flashbacks, but we pulled off both those wins. And yeah, those two, those two games are very encouraging. Last podcast, we were coming out saying like, all right, like we got a week of some tough, like winnable games. And yeah. at least the first two, the Heat and the Wizards, we came out and we got it done. Yeah, I mean, now, you know, the, I guess the upside of this is that Brad Stevens has some extra time to talk some sense into our players in terms of keeping a lead. I don't know how quickly we're going to get back to action. I don't know if you saw Tuscaloosa. Uh, after the Alabama win yesterday, it looked like when SpongeBob started selling pretty patties. Uh, it's definitely not a great sight. So who knows when we'll get back to this and when we'll get another hack. But I'm hoping that when we do resume to action, that we could have a 20-point lead and not be sweating in our shoes watching the game. 
but yeah, moving on. Uh, th these games, we did look good. We did look good, and blown leads are blown leads. But what did I don't know? What did you see? Like, especially when we were doing well, the first three quarters of of these games. The game against the Heat, um, we had our full roster at that point, um, and mm -hmm. I mean, I thought we were all we were firing on all cylinders. Like midway through that game, we were up by like fifteen or sixteen, and it looked like how like a lot of games looked in the East uh, Eastern Conference Finals, where like we get we grab a huge lead, yep. and the Heat like. The Heat we've seen are good, but like when mm -hmm. you just have like Drogic and Duncan Robinson out there, like missing shots, like there's not really that much to be scared of. But then, as we saw in the fourth quarter, they all can just kind of catch fire all at once. Um, yep. So, you know, Tatum that night had a great game. Jalen Brown had a great game that night. And our supporting pieces, like Tyson Thompson combined, put up 20 and 20, um, or excuse me, 12 and 20. Um, and Robert Williams gave us great minutes that night. Carson Edwards actually, I thought, gave us some pretty good minutes. Yeah. He 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 struggles when he's out there a lot. I gave him some flack <laughs> last week. I really do root for him. I was really looking we forward to do, seeing him get big minutes uh, in this eight on eight game that was going to happen. But um, Carson like was he passed the ball a lot more and like just like was like this, like took his role in stride and would just like he got some tough layups and I thought that he gave us the best minutes he's given us since he's gotten here um, during the Heat game. The yeah, end no. of that game. Uh, I actually I had to watch it a couple hours late. I had it recorded, and I knew it was going to end close based on what my friends were saying. And I was watching the game. I was like, "Man, there's like a minute left. It's not really a close game." And then three straight threes. Two of them were fouls. Um, tough to watch us blow a ten point lead in like fifty seconds. Yeah, it's become a habit. I will say though, with the Heat, they're like an NFL team with a great quarterback in the sense that when they go when they're down. You know, let's say it's an NFL game, you're down two touchdowns or whatever. They have all these three-point shooters, and at any point, they can get back into the game. And just like how you've had a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and, like, you're down two touchdowns, and, like, you're like, all right, we're just going to spam pass plays. We're not going to take up any clock. We're going to try to get some efficient points. They could start running some plays. Duncan Robinson can get off three ball screens. And they find themselves like never really out of the game in that way. Like yeah. they can, they, they're really good at that. And I want to give them credit. Um, they did play a good game, but I think the important thing is with this particular matchup is that we didn't blow it. And the way that also, the way that Saren guys played, um, we got some good minutes out of Tatum and Brown, obviously. But I think Pritchard's game winner was kind of the, not that this was his best game shooting especially, but he's finally solidified himself as, like, he's the Mario Chalmers of, like, our big three. If our big three is Tatum, Brown, and Smart, like, he is this guy. And the difference between him and Mario is that I think he has a lot more potential for what he can be. But he's filled in this role nicely. Like, I remember back in, like, uh, I think it was, like, the 2015 or 16 finals when um, Mario Chalmers had, like, uh, like, 25 points. He, like, went off in the fourth quarter and secured um, a victory for them. Like, he's the guy that you're, like, coaches are – snapping their uh, their clipboards over their knees saying like it wasn't supposed to, you know it's supposed to be tatum or brown but now we're getting we're getting beat by pritchard you know yep he's he's becoming one of those players that people got to prepare for and you know hopefully his, his uh performance doesn't tail off as more teams do start to prepare for him um but yeah the biggest takeaway is we didn't blow this game and i do think i don't know if you want to talk about more like thompson in my mind was a difference compared to last year in our matchup with the with the heat he played great. No, he did. And honestly, like going into the season, I was saying a lot that we needed like a big third score. Like I'm waiting for Kemba to come back, which apparently he might come back soon. That'd be a saving yep. grace. But you look at NBA history, like you look at 
Kareem and Magic or Shaq and Kobe or LeBron and Kyrie or whoever else. Like, there's a lot of duos that you can just surround them with rebounders and shooters and they'll win championships. And Tatum and Brown are starting to look like just like two guys who can just throw a team around because we're in first place. And other than Tatum and Brown, no one is consistently scoring in double digits. Like, this is a team that, like, I was worried about because we lost talented players and didn't replace them with talented players. We replaced them with rebounders and role players. But Pritchard gives us great minutes. Robert Williams gives us great minutes. And you're right, Tristan Thompson gives us really great minutes. Seven rebounds in 19 minutes. That's per 36, like, 13 rebounds a game. Yeah. So, like, the guys that are coming in to play, like, and we'll get to Taco later, but Taco comes in for 18 minutes and gets eight rebounds, like, in the short stints that guys are getting getting on this team, they're playing really well. The no, whole 100%. team is playing, has played well these last few games. And I don't want to turn this into an I told you some moment. I don't. But let's dial it back to like 2018, 2019, pre-pandemic. And me and Dylan actually worked the same job at, at Emerson College. And it might have been every day. I must have been a joy to be around. It, probably every day I'd go up to, to Dylan and be like, we don't need a ball-dominant point guard. We don't need this. It should be Tatum and Brown. Tatum and Brown. It's going to be these two guys. We don't need Kemba. We don't need Kyrie. We don't need any of this. We just need Tatum and Brown. And um, rightfully so, I kind of got ragged for it from time to time, especially when Kemba would have a good game. But I truthfully did believe that these two guys were the special ones. These were the guys we were going to build around. If we had these guys, we'd be fine. Um, and, do I, and that's why I'm so territorial over these assets when we were, we're talking about trading for like a guy like James Harden it's not that James Harden isn't uh not a generational talent he is it's just I don't want to mess with this I think it works I, I think it works I think it can work I think that um in a championship sense I think that we just need to like you said um we didn't need some Robert Ories <laughs> you know like we need some Andrew maybe not Andrew Bynum <laughs> but we need some guys to surround um because we do have our Shaq and Kobe and it turns yeah. out it's two Kobe's. And uh, I'm going to get slammed for saying that, I know. But two wing guys that are going to be consistent scorers that you said, like you said, are going to combine to get a decent amount of rebounds. I don't see how this doesn't work. And I think we saw that also in the Wizards game when Tatum and Brown combined for, I think, like, I want to say like 70 points. So I don't know. Call me crazy. Yeah. Hey, uh, so, yeah, beginning of the season, we were saying, like, how are we going to make it until Kemba comes back, until we get the, the trade exception, we use that. But now we've, we're in first place. It's only 10 games, but that's one-seventh of the season. And so one-seventh of the season, we're through, and we're in first place. And we're going to get an all-star point guard in a week or two, hopefully. And eventually, we're going to use the trade exception, and we're going to add more pieces to what should be a championship contender. So right up until this Wizards game, and everything fell apart after that, I was feeling really good. The Wizards game we go into and uh, Robert Williams gets COVID and they say that Tristan Thompson and Grant Williams are both under the protocol that they can't play that night. So going into that game, the Wizards don't have great big men, but we're kind of nervous. Like, all right, it's Tyson Taco. That's all of our big men for the whole night. And Samuel Ojale, you know, playing some center. And that game went super well. The Wizards are not playing great this year, but everyone on our team had a great game. Tatum and Brown go off again. And I've been wanting to get to it, so let's get to Taco for a second. Taco <laughs> is averaging, per 36, like more than 10 blocks. And I don't know if he'll ever be a guy that can play 36 minutes. Like, he looks gassed out there playing 15 minutes. And teams, I'm sure, will figure out how to beat him eventually. But when he's out there, he's like the best defensive player we have. Like He's he, our best shot blocker, for sure. He is. Hands down. And 
he like he controls the pain on defense like on offense we couldn't really find him to get him like the roles on pick and rolls and stuff but I think that looking at him from last year to now like he should be a part of this team for a while like I think that oh, yeah. he in 20 minute spurts can give us a double double in 20 minutes and like with six or seven blocks like I'm really encouraged by what we're seeing from Taco he's not just like a circus show he had a great game against the Wizards yeah no um this was like such a welcome addition like uh, to be honest though he's always been a bit of a novelty I didn't really expect him to uh take another step this year like am, am I crazy for saying that like it was just a really cool surprise um and like you said I do think that because he was kind of forced in this situation due to COVID that you do kind of look at that and be like do we put this guy in rotation it's kind of like when Chris Pratt came on to Parks and Rec and it was like, oh, we'll keep this guy on for like, you know, 10 episodes or, you know, he's funny. We'll you know, bring this guy in. And then they're like, you know, oh, crap. Like, I, I think we need to keep this guy around. Um, and I'm not saying that he's going to carry us like Chris Pratt carried that show. But he is everything that we need in terms of a, of a rim protector. That block on Russell Westbrook had me so hyped. And this wasn't yep. a perfect game. We did the, we had three quarters of dominance and we, you know, our bad habits came back and we blew the lead, but taco was not on the floor when that happened. I'd like to add. And also it's, it's this kind of thing of it's nice to have. It's not that you need him. It's not that when Thompson comes back that he's in grant and uh, Robert Williams, that, you know, taco should all of a sudden be our starting center, but it's nice to have. And if any of our big men are struggling, if they can't protect the rim, we got a guy who does. We got a guy yeah. who can. And I think that, I don't know, in my opinion, Thompson, Tice, y'all going to be on guard because there's a guy coming up and he not only has the whole city of Boston behind him, um, he's kind of backing up his hype. And it's one game. I know it's one game. Like you said, teams would figure him out if he was more consistent. But there's not much you can do. <laughs> like like that, that Westbrook layup, like there's... There wasn't a way you could have attacked the basket that you didn't get blocked. And yeah. that's what he brings. That's what he brings to the court. Yeah, and I want to get into – I was really looking forward to Taco in the um, in these games that are getting canceled now. But before I get into the games getting canceled, just leaving the, the Wizards game, we did blow a lead in that game. I knew in the fourth quarter when we started and it was like 15-point lead, I knew by halfway through the quarter it would be a five-point lead because we're still like at the end of games trying to run the clock out and like each possession, just take care of the ball, like try not to give them momentum. And we end up just letting them score 10 unanswered because we don't score for five straight possessions. I understand the logic behind that, but we're not good enough to do that. And I think that like, just from here on out, we need to try and beat teams by 50. Like we can't let up off the gas ever and run the clock out. It just hasn't worked. It, yeah. it is con- it's proving to just be a, a failing philosophy. Big Achilles heel, <laughs> big Achilles like, heel. It lost us a playoff series, and now like it's like we're beating the we're blowing out the Wizards in the regular season, and we can't even hold on to that lead. Like we we need to start like keeping our foot on the gas from tip to the end. Yeah, you're right. We get cocky. You could see it in the body language, especially in this Wizards game. We thought this team was down and out, and we're turning the ball over. We're taking hot dog shots. Like we just we we just don't care. We, we just they just took their their and listen. If you ever played for a hard, especially a hard-ass coach, like, you know that there's no taking your foot off the gas. That even if you're up by 20, if you start doing that, um, you're going to get taken out of the game. And something occurred to me. Something, an epiphany came over me when I realized that the Steelers were going to get blown out. And 
like yeah a total brain aneurysm like a total shock this little wave of depression hit me but in the midst of that some clarity came through because i was thinking about coach tomlin and how a lot of people say he's a he's a he's a player's coach he's a cheerleader and i was just like uh, i've always wanted to defend this guy but then i realized something brad stevens he might be the tomlin of the of the nba he's a player's coach the guys like him but does he let too many things slip away? Is he letting people get careless? Like the Steelers playing down to the competition every game, is he le- is he letting us? Like when, when we have a 20-point lead and the guys are all pumped up their hypes, we're about to get another win. Um, he's not the guy who's going to be authoritarian in that moment. He, and I don't want him to be a cheerleader when we're up by 20 against a playoff team. And I want him to be hard on this team. Um, these young guys, they need an authoritative figure. And as much as I like Tomlin, as much as I like Brad Stevens, as much as players really like him, I need to see more toughness. I can't see I, something about like, I feel Brad Stevens would be okay with like Tatum doing TikToks on the Wizards logo before the game. I feel like he wouldn't say anything. And I don't, I don't want that. I, I want a guy who's going to put down the hammer. Um, well, maybe I'm crazy for saying this. I like I haven't tolerated Brad Stevens hate ever, but now that we're, we're it's been a couple of years and I'm starting to to listen to the arguments a little more and I hear you. I did He's great. like. Don't get me wrong. He's great, just like Tomlin. I like during the Raptors game. Um, we put in like the bench unit with like four minutes left and it was like a twenty point game and the bench unit was just not getting it done and it got to be like a ten point game with like a minute and a half left and Brad looked pissed and he got up, <laughs> called a timeout. He pointed at all the starters, said, get back in. And with a minute left, Jason Tatum checked back into the game up 10. And we beat the Raptors by 12. And I just liked, like, it wasn't the starters blowing a lead. It was the bench unit. So that was a little better. And then Brad got really mad. And then he sent all the starters out again. And sending the starters out again was like an ego hit to guys like Pritchard and Teague and Carson Edwards and Tremont or whatever who was out there. But at the same time, it's like also a message of like, okay, we're not just like having fun out here. We're trying to win a game. And it was nice to see that. Um, yeah, give me more. Give me more. Give me more strict Brad. It would have been <laughs> beautiful to watch Brad coach this team without the guys we lost for COVID. During about five minutes ago, I just got the notification that Wednesday's game is also canceled. Uh, which is it's tough to see because, all right, we lost, we lost Tatum and Robert Williams to positive tests. They both tested positive. Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, Semi Ojale, Javante Green, Tristan Thompson, they're all out because of exposure. So that's going to be like five to seven days. They have to just produce a couple negative tests because the NBA found that they were in close enough contact with these two. It doesn't make sense to me that half our team is on the COVID yeah. list and half of it isn't. And like Bradley Beal's on the COVID list, but no one else in the Wizards. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm no. sorry. It doesn't. Um, it, it doesn't. But... What would have happened if they let us play was that Pritchard, Teague, Smart, Tremont, Naismith, Tice, Taco, and I guess Carson Edwards, those eight guys would have had to hold down the four and play for us. I was so hyped. I was so excited to see Taco play 30 minutes, just like four point guards and Taco out there. We have so many point guards on this team. It's ridiculous. But, you know, I wanted to see Peyton Pritchard and Carson Edwards go put up 20 shots. Like, I wanted to see what certain guys on this team had. Naismith was going to get some real NBA minutes having to play. He's our only small forward. Um, And they won't let us play. They won't let it happen. And I'm actually, I'm kind of confused because they're canceling the games because we don't have eight eligible players, which 
the Sixers had seven players and they let them play. And I think that that was like looked down upon. So now they're saying if you don't have yeah. eight players, you can't play. But by my count, you've got Pritchard, Teague, Smart, Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards, Naismith, Tice, Taco. <laughs> That's eight guys. All of those guys are not on the injury report. So I think maybe we're putting like Teague on the injury report so we don't have to play. But I think that what's actually happening is the NBA is kind of rethinking their COVID protocols of like, all right, we're going to let these eight guys play. They're going to get blown out. And also they might have COVID because why would Grant Williams have COVID, but Marcus Smart doesn't. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. No, for sure. And you're right. It doesn't. This is like, dude, I remember one of my good friends from home camp, he got food poisoning. And the reason why he got food poisoning is because he had a, there's this bagel and there's, there's mold on it. And he's, he said, yeah, you just pick it off. I'm like, no, if, if there's a little bit of mold on the bagel, it's all bad. It's all bad. It's the same thing here. If, if three guys on the team have COVID, guess what? Like maybe more than three people on the team like have it. And maybe not half the team should be out there playing five on five basketball when we were afraid of playing pickup basketball in the summer because of the same damn reason. And we were outside. So it doesn't make any sense. I'm not, I think they did try to make an example of the Sixers, kind of like how the NFL made an example of the Broncos. Um, and they made him go play out with seven players and didn't turn out well and, and whatnot. And I think that's not going to be the case going forward. Um, on the other hand, I completely agree with you. I was excited because at the end of the day, we don't need to be first. We're playing this season on like with the hopes that Kem was coming back, that this trade exception is going to produce a high quality player. We, if we would take fourth, we would take third in the East right now, happily. And knowing that we're going to get better. So if we throw out, you know, the B team and we get to see what Pritchard's got, if he's a starter, we get to see what Taco's got, if he has to play a whole game, that's just beneficial for us. Yes. Um, yeah, we, we lose nothing. And especially now that we've built up this little bit of a cushion in the East, um, I'm not really worried if we have to play a game with, with the B squad. In fact, I think it's a great way to see what we got. Now, is it like the league's not letting us play, man? Like the universe ain't letting us play. Like, you know, the COVID's not letting us play. And I understand that. Uh, but I really do think that there's going to be this period as we ease back into games that we're not going to have everyone there. And we're going to be able, just like Taco showed against the Wizards, we're going to see that maybe we have some more depth than we thought. Yeah, I, I would have loved to see these games happen to, to get more of an idea of that. But... The, the COVID problem is a problem. Like maybe these guys do have COVID and we shouldn't be letting them play. I know the, the NBA and the Players Association met the other day. I wonder if Kyrie was there. He's a vice president, whatever. Oh, no, uh, no, he's, he's a personal stuff right now. Uh, they, they, they met to like just talk about the protocols because, I mean, I low-key when Robert Williams got it, I was like, I hope that like if Tatum and Brown are going to get it, they get it now and not in April. Like, like I guess and just like they're saying they might do like a a pause like a 14-day pause on the league to like figure the situation out I hope it doesn't come to that like baseball and football I guess had more people on the roster so it worked out better but like this is the reality we live in like if COVID's not going to go away I'd rather watch us get to play than have us like I don't know like have to pause the season for a month like I don't know. No, I guess from I'm a fan's perspective, it. it blows. No, you're from a fan's perspective, it blows. But I will say that if we do get delayed two weeks, it's not the biggest deal because then the finals will. We have a long summer still, and we just we're showing right now. 
that we can have a two-month offseason and still have another season start. So I'm not really worried about, like, you know, we, we push the season back two weeks. So, you know, we, we can make it work. It's going to work. And next season's going to be intact, and that's really what matters. Uh, but, yeah, I, if, if this whole thing pans out the way I think it's going to, a lot of players are going to test positive. It's not going to be pretty. Um, but the hard truth—it's—it's a—it's a hard truth, but it's a good truth that, in in theory, in three months or two months, it would be mostly resolved, right? A lot of the players have already had it. Some of the players that had it back in March got it again, which is not awesome news. But yeah, the players that get it now, we're not going to have it again this year, hopefully. Um, it's not a fun situation to deal with, but I hope we can play basketball again. Um, but I think it'll be fine. I like. Uh, the NBA is a billion dollar business. Baseball play their season, football play their season. Like the NBA, I feel like isn't going to just fall apart. Um, despite the efforts of COVID, despite the efforts of players like Kyrie Irving, who think that we should all just walk away from the game. Um, I want to, I do want to get into, since we didn't have that many games to talk about, talk about our opponents um, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. The beginning of the season, we said the four biggest teams to watch out for were the Bucks, the Sixers, the Nets, and the Heat. The Bucks and the Sixers are playing well. They're both seven and four. They're both chasing us for the one seed. That is as to be expected. The Sixers with Seth Curry and their new lineups when they've been all been healthy. They look good. They look good. They do look good. They don't scare me still because they're the Sixers. But I will say that the moves they made to get rid of Horford and get a point guard and get shooters, like they did all the right things. They got a new coach. Like they did everything right they had to do, and it's it's been showing. The Bucks as well. Like the Bucks built some new pieces. Seven and four isn't like amazing, but the Bucks are doing well. The Heat are four and four, which is frustrating be to, to me personally because I've always believed the Heat are like a four seed in terms of talent and how the NBA should work. But they can be the four seed and then go to the finals. We've seen so the Heat. The Heat will be the Heat. Um, like they last had the shortest year, break. They had the short. That's true. Jimmy Butler looks looks like he's hurting out there. He looks um, tired. He looks tired. Yeah. So I'll cut them some slack. Everyone else gets slack except for the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets came out and they looked like the Warriors and everyone was freaking out. Me included, kind of. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie unfortunately got hurt. I liked that guy. Um, and then they, they lost some games fully healthy. They lost some games. They're five and six. They lost some games when KD had to go down because of the COVID protocol. And they lost again the other day because they got KD back. But Kyrie Irving is nowhere to be found. Kyrie Irving uh, was was absent. Uh, they they said he's quote off the grid. Um, it happened the day after the uh, the storming of the Capitol building in Washington D.C., which we know that Kyrie uh, tries to be a politically motivated and led person. And if his reasoning, you know, if Kyrie Irving comes out with a statement like. I'm not playing because of the way of what happened on January 6th. And he had some, some reasoning for it. And like, this is what, like, I think that by not playing, I can serve this good. And, you know, in the three hours I would have been playing basketball, I can be doing this instead and helping the community. He has been silent, said nothing. Um, the team has like had very he little contact talk to with him. Done. Doesn't talk to pawns. Uh, apparently a video has surfaced of him at a family party, not wearing a mask, which again, like, is tough like you don't want the nba like you don't want the nba following you around in your life and you go to your sister's birthday party and then you get you're in trouble but it's also hard to say that i'm kyrie irving and i am like an nba player and i'm a political activist and i care about all these things and you're just 
skipping basketball to hang out with the family and you don't give a damn about your fans or your teammates. Yeah, no, I, I did see the video and I want to hold off complete judgment until we know exactly what is going on. Um, but I think someone said it in, in the comments, like the best, like the, the first reply of like the tweet that I saw the video at is there's this notion. It's like, Oh, like, you know, the media hates Kyrie and Kyrie, he gets such a bad rep and it like, no, it's because he's an idiot. It's because all this this fake deep BS that he tries to put on isn't doesn't make anybody happy. Doesn't make half the time it's not even making sense. And he does stuff like this that rubs people the wrong way. And he wants there to be no repercussions because he's Kyrie Irving. And guess what? That's not that's not reality. I don't know what reality he's living in, but this one isn't it. The Nets, they're in a. You're right. It, they came out. They looked strong. Especially at full strength, they're definitely a force you reckon with. I think they still are. But this has been kind of the worst case scenario first 10 games to them. Um, it's we exactly said day worth- one. Day one, we said on paper, they're the warrior. Like on paper, they're the best team in the yeah. league. But you have to put Kyrie Irving out there and like let this team find success. And 10 games in, they're struggling to do that. Yeah, it's just like the, you know, Spencer getting hurt. Obviously, it's people don't realize the pace of which they played was was only possible because they had a lineup, a starting lineup with like basically four ball handlers. Um, that's not the case anymore. That really hurts what they're trying to do. Especially when you have guys like Steve Nash and D'Antoni trying to run what they're trying to run. I'm sure that he was a big part of that. So our, let's put that aside and just look at the Kyrie situation. He's already kind of back on his BS, um, which I'm sure is not guys like Jared Allen Guys like Dimwitty, guys like like uh, Lavert, who've been on this team for a while now, who don't have any sympathy for these newcomers in KD and Kyrie. Like this is gonna rub them the wrong way. This isn't gonna be something that they just overlook, and it's gonna cause some chemistry problems. So not only am I worried about their record right now, I'm worried about what this team's gonna look like. Are they gonna pull a Clippers who never really have that chemistry, and the playoffs come, then you're caught off guard because your players don't even like each other. It's possible. It's possible, and. I'm going to be, dude, even with how you might feel about Kyrie or KD, like, I wanted this team to be good. I really did. It was exciting. It was fun. Um, and it, I don't know. It doesn't look like we're going to get the version of the Nets that we thought we were going to get. They've got, like, you know, Joe Harris off the bench and Karis LeVert and um, Jeff Green. Like, they're, they're still a deep team. And that's why we said, like, on paper, they're so scary because they are 10 guys deep. Like, they have, they're super deep, super, like, they have good interior defenders. But, the team, their biggest problem so far has been not playing defense. And yeah, it's like it's like the Clippers, like the Steve Clippers. Nash and Steve Nash and uh, D'Antoni couldn't get them to yeah. play defense. The Clippers and the Lakers were the two teams last year everyone talked about. But the Lakers, the Lakers are like a team. Like that team fights for each other, and like LeBron is a yeah. leader. Whereas the Clippers, their leader is either Kawhi Leonard who's silent, or Paul George who is, loses all credibility. And to win in the playoffs, you have to be a team and work together and all those things. And the Brooklyn Nets, like, if you threw them into a playoff series right now, I feel like they'd all turn on each other. Like, no one's playing defense. Like, their point guard is either going to put up 50 or just bitch everyone out and not show up. Like, who's the leader on the Brooklyn Nets? It's got to be, like, DeAndre Jordan or something. Like, to win in the playoffs in the NBA, you have to be a team. You have to have guys at the helm that are leading you in the right direction. And their leader of this team is at a birthday party in Brooklyn or the team is off trying to win basketball games. And so 
As a Celtics fan, the Brooklyn Nets are exactly where I expected and hoped they would be. So I love it. <laughs> I mean, if you expected to be there, to be here, then I, I commend you. But you're right. They do have the same problems with Clippers. I think KD is kind of similar to Kawhi. Very talented player, but I don't think he's a vocal leader. And they're going to need one. And if, if, if Kyrie's saying that uh, Steve Nash is the head coach one day, and one day it could be him, one day it could be KD, I don't see where this is going to go anywhere but down. So... We'll see. We'll see. Dude, they can very well finish with a better record than us when it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, they, they're that talented, but man, it it would hurt for me to be a Brooklyn Nets fan, have all this hype, and be like, maybe we're better without this whole fiasco. <laughs> if we had D'Angelo Russell, Russell yeah, dancing and around. people were dancing, maybe we're better. Um, it's, it's definitely being talked about. All right, so before we go, we'll look ahead to this next week of games that hopefully, fingers crossed, are going to happen. Um... We were supposed to play the Magic on Wednesday, no longer. We're supposed to play the Magic again on Friday. I'm really hoping that on Friday, like, it's been a long time since all this COVID stuff's come out. We'll have, like, maybe, like, some guys get out of the protocol, or at least the eight guys we have, maybe we'll finally suit up and play, hopefully. Love enough to play. Um, yeah. And I don't want to place predictions on that game right now, because I don't know if I'm predicting how we do with Jalen Brown and company or Carson Edwards and company. Um but I'll say that whatever, if whatever happens, we've been dying to play. So we're going to come out and we're going to fight. And I'm excited to watch us play whenever that is. Um, the Knicks, I don't know how to treat the Knicks anymore because they're the Knicks, but they've been doing well this year. I'm going to say we beat the Knicks. And then the Sixers next week will be tough um, without a starting caliber team. Um, but again, I, I, I think we're hungry to play and we're, we're, we're hot. So I think we can win all these games. No, I do too. I think the Magic, um, their record is what it is, largely because of Markel Fultz. Yeah, they don't have him anymore, unfortunately. Prairie's up for him. He looked really good before the injury. He, not that he looked like the number one pick, but he looked like a really solid player. It looked like he was finally putting it together. So that was pretty sad. But I don't think we're looking at the same Magic team. I think we match up pretty well against them. I think that's a two-game sweep. The Knicks, I'm going to be honest, Dylan, we do not match up well against the Knicks. We do not. I don't think we have enough big guys to throw out Mitchell Robinson. Um, yeah, Mitchell Robinson and uh, and Randall. Um, they play really well inside, and it, us not being able to contain Sabonis in any way whatsoever, it just makes you nervous anytime we 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 play a good power forward or a good center. And they got both of them. Um, they're playing with a lot of heart. They really believe in Tom Thibodeau's system. I think this is going to be. This is like a trap. This is a trap two game series for us, the Knicks, because it's it's the Knicks. But they're playing well. We don't match up particularly well against them. Um, I think I th- honestly think that I give us a better chance of being the Sixers twice than being the Knicks twice. Call me crazy. No, I won't call you crazy because, like, I agree. Like, with Randall and Obi and Mitchell, like, there's an inside presence they have that we just don't. And if we have all our guys, we have Tatum and Brown, then we'll just, like, outshoot them. But uh, if it's, like, our, our bench guys scrapping against them – that's uh, a little more of an even playing field, and we have five. We have five active point guards in our eight-man rotation, so it'd be a tough game to win if we don't get some reinforcements back. Um, Time to make some trades, Danny. Time to make some trades. And then the Sixers—they've been without Embiid and Simmons for like a week. Um, they like have been on the injury list, so we'll see how injured they are and how injured we are. It's hard to predict things week out with the way the NBA is and the Celtics are right now. Um, yeah, yeah. And before we before we get off, I do want to 
quickly say about the Sixers. Um, the biggest thing for them, the biggest thing, the team finally makes a little bit of sense. The, the thing about the Sixers is that, like, no matter how talented they were, the team just didn't make any sense. It just didn't work. Uh, especially when we beat them without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward that year. That, that The most shameful Sixers series loss, even more shameful than the sweep we gave them last year. Um, you could just tell. This team made no sense. And the damage that Ellen Brand did in the short amount of time he was there was noticeable. And finally, with... The, the right guys coaching and the right guys managing this whole thing. Daryl Morey, they make sense. So I'm, I'm scared of them. Yep. Uh, I'm a little more scared than maybe day one because their, their system is working, but um, they are still the 76ers. And I don't know if we'll get them at full strength or we'll be at full strength next Wednesday. But the next time we're both at full strength, I'm still taking us. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, in summation, we had a good week of games until everything hit the fan. And... <laughs> I'm kind of just I, – if, if we're going to have to play with eight guys, I want to just see it happen. I'm done with these canceled games. Um, just give me some more Celtics basketball. But uh, hopefully Jason and uh, Rob Williams are resting up and they are not affected too much by COVID. Um, yep. Should be, uh, forward a, to it. should be a fun time whenever we get to play these games. Hopefully that happens this week, uh, praying for that. But I like, the, I like where we are. So – until next time, signing off. Dylan McCaffrey here. Uh, go Celtics. James, any go final Celtics. words you got? Go Celtics. Man, by the time we do this next podcast, I just hope we have one game to talk about. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we, we, we've been praying for Taco every night. We just didn't know that praying for Taco was going to cost us nine starters. That's the whole season, yeah. But all right. All right Take care, everybody. Can... Stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. That's the biggest thing. Hopefully Taco can come and make us forget all these miseries. Peace out. Yes, sir. <laughs>